Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Mathelier. All right, you guys. Tonight, we have a very exciting person on the show. His name is Dylan. Dylan, I don't know your last name. Uh, my last name is Aguilera, like Christina. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay, which is why you go by El Rey now. Right, because Rey is my middle the name. King. Exactly, exactly. And that's you. Yeah, no, it's that's exactly who I am. So you and I met because of my friend Alvina Roman, right. who has always had around many young, talented people. Yeah, she in likes her me young. Circle. No <laughs> like Pamela Smart herself, that's, that's she exactly likes right. me young. No, I'm not going to incriminate my friend. Um, I will tell you, though, as much as I love Alvina, I'm so happy she didn't come because she can be like the police in this movie, a real fucking cock block. When is, the, no, that's, I agree with you. Like, when the, she's blocked it many times for me. Alvina typically cock blocks because she works in PR and she's just looking out for the best interests of her clients. Right. And it just kind of sucks because it's like having another mom around and I moved out of my house for a reason. But it's also why everyone needs an Alvina. Of course. Everyone. I, I would, you know, wouldn't trade it for the world, you know? So. Yeah, of course. So she introduced us at my store where I sell Amazon customer returns with right. our boy, Sean. Right. Who's yeah. my favorite pop star. Yes. I've never heard any of Sean's music, but he is my favorite pop yeah, star. Is it Cavallari? Like Kristen? Cavalier. Cra- like, Cavalier. Well, see, okay. So it's actually, I think it's like, it's Cavalieri. But yeah, like, you know, what good friends we are. I don't right. fucking know. I, yeah, I'm no. like, I don't know your name, honey. Um, but we met through there and I just saw a spark in your eye. I think you're fabulous. Oh, and I you. said to Alvina, I want him to come maybe make a podcast with me yeah. all together for an exciting project. which I don't know if it's launched yet by the time you're listening to this. Today is just for reference for everyone. Today is the day of the 30 to 50 feral hogs, um, right. which is, I think, an important day in American history. And um, I said, he's got to come down and do a movie with me. So I sent you a bunch of options. Yes, you did. And you narrowed it down to two. We won't give away what the other one is yet. Not yet, no. Because who knows? Right. But we did Murder in New Hampshire, which is all about Pamela Smart, a woman who slept with her damn student and then got him to kill her husband. That's exactly right. And the the titles, let me just say, it's pretty straightforward. It's a murder and it did take place in New Hampshire. No, so I'm from Massachusetts, right? And I don't, I wouldn't say I have the best relationship with New Hampshire. Okay. In fact, I don't love it. Um, I honestly didn't even remember it was a state until I saw this movie. It's fully a state. I went to camp there. Um, I just, in my, you know, in my experience with people from New Hampshire, they love a fight. Okay. They love to throw. And I know why it's cold and they're bored. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
um, which is how stuff like this happens. This whole movie could only happen in New Hampshire or wherever Mary Kay Letourneau was from or all the other places where people, you know, that's a real, find me a teacher sleeping with her student and tell me that they don't live in cold weather. This is definitely like, you know, like a New Hampshire, Vermont, Delaware type of situation. For sure. For sure. Um, (laughs) I, yeah. Okay. So, um, anyway, I didn't really realize that this was the movie that I picked for a 19-year-old boy to come record with me mm-hmm. when I sent it to you. I knew like it was, you know, kind of a fucked up thing. Now, this movie for everyone at home was wondering, this isn't the one with Nicole Kidman. This is the original with Helen Hunt. Yes. It came out in the 90s. 91. Yeah, and it's iconic. I was too young to remember this case, but it's important because this was the first televised like like big crime ever yeah like this was out there with casey anthony this is out there with like uh, oj for sure Mm -hmm. this is but this was the first one and i did a bunch of research beforehand but not as much as i would have liked to but one thing that is so interesting to me is the amount of like jury tampering that happened in this case this case yeah, because this was before they were, like, sequestering juries. Okay, before the, you mean before they, like, did, like, the whole audition-type process where they would, like, say no, no juror? Or so what? they did the audition process or whatever, right? Okay. But with, like, OJ, for example, a big part of that case was a lot of the people were going fucking crazy because they were, like, oh, all the jurors yeah. no, were locked. The thing, yeah. It's like, yeah, they're in the hotel with no TV and, like, can't talk to each other. That's so like they didn't have the hotel with no TV. So these people were out in society, going out to bars, getting drunk, like secondhand, thirdhand, talking about what was happening in the case. So, and since they didn't put the case in a different county or in a different state, which they will do if it's like a very emotional case locally. Right. um, They did not do that with this. So this is all like locals, and which is why we'll see at the very beginning of this movie, no one else will see it, I don't think at this point, but... You and I saw it earlier. Uh-huh. There's a shit ton of people oh, I, in the snow. That's one of the snow. notes I took is there are so many people in this courtroom. Yeah, and, and this is so also insane. like yeah. people were in the snow. They had spots. They thought they were getting in. So like this was like, this is a big deal for yeah. any part of the country, no but especially in a place like New Hampshire, movie stars don't go there. Mm-mm. Like this isn't a place is where all that happens. So this is some hot shit that happened. And it really is. This is a crazy case. Right. Okay. So we're going to open up on a young couple of boys. They're sitting in a car. One of them looks like he's passed out. We see that one of them enters a house quiet. We see a different young boy enter a house quietly, calls for a dog named Haley. Um, And then two young teenage boys jump out with knives. And he's like, what's this? So this is Greg Smart. And he's like, just confused, coming home, about to get murdered, doesn't know it. Has no idea he's about to get fucking murdered. So one of the guys tells him to shut up, hand over his wallet. He's like, take it all. And then wedding ring too. He's and he's like, no, 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 no. He's -hmm. like, not my wedding ring. So they shoot him. Yes, they do. It's awful. They run out to the getaway car. They get away with it. So then we go to the busy court, which we mentioned earlier, the aforementioned busy court. There's a bunch of people waiting. There's no seats left. And then we hear the opening statement from the prosecution. And basically, we don't need to hear this because you can guess what it is. She was a hot media teacher at this school. Um, she, everyone loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, she had an affair with one of her students that was quite serious and they were basically having sex all over town. Yes. So throughout this scene, Pamela's taking notes during the statement. And yeah, her, I noticed that too. And her lawyer like reaches into his pocket and he takes out like a bunch of folded papers. And it makes me think that I think before a case, 
the defense and prosecution have to submit their opening statements right. to each other. So the lawyer's like, you don't need to write this down, Pamela. Exactly. Like, here it is. Right. But she keeps going anyway, which is something interesting about her. And there's a few moments during this movie where you almost have to wonder, like, if Pamela is just intellectually misunderstood. In what way do you mean this? Yeah. I'll I'll point it out to you. What I mean by this is like she has a weird way of thinking. By weird, I mean she has a very different way of thinking about certain things. Like we're going to see this a little later on when she's like tallying up the wedding gifts. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, oh, you like, how does your. Why do you think that's okay and everyone else knows it's not okay? Yeah, I I definitely think so. I mean, I initially thought maybe she's just trying to avoid eye contact with the jury or maybe she's trying to make it look like, you know, she's got a hand she's on this case. taking it seriously. You know, like, oh, yeah, like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just going to write down everything this guy is saying. You that's know, like, a good point. Right. But- and I also, by the way, like, I am the worst where, like, I will try and find any reason to excuse anyone for anything. So, so I'm advocate. like, maybe she's not all there but that's also like not fair to say as she's probably not in any way intellectually different except for that she might just be a sociopath might i think is like a tremendous understatement (laughs) right that's too much benefited out absolutely but i will say that unlike most of the things we watch on here like i'm everyone knows i'm jody arias's biggest advocate um i (laughs) i will say truly (laughs) pamela smart fucking did this shit oh hell yeah i 100 percent believe it in a different way than i normally do because lifetime movies are notorious for trying to like give the woman another side right no but helen hunt definitely sold me on the fact that this this lady is in fact uh absolutely batshit crazy what's so interesting too is that wasn't like helen hunt was sort of known for not being that good of an actress like well, I think especially she, during this phase in her career yeah i'm not you know the connoisseur of helen hunt's filmography but i do know that i think she did already have an oscar at least one right well she well, she definitely has one now, but she also was on Mad About You, okay. which was like a big sitcom. And that would have okay. started shortly after this. Right. And she became like America's sweetheart for okay, a that long makes sense. time. So this was kind of like early in her career, you would say? Or this was early in her, her career. Peak, no doubt. And there was another movie she did that's like sort of famous virally because it's like a really hysterically bad scene of someone doing acid. And she like does acid and throws herself out of a window. And it's like iconic. I've seen this on Twitter. Yeah. So yes. that's that's like her. And so that's like sort of like the acting level she was known for at this Okay. Juncture in her career. Right. Absolutely. And I, I would just like to point out that I could not stop thinking about the fact that she's like an 80s or 90s Blake Lively. Oh. Uh, because, I mean, I looked at her and I was just like, wow, like this literally looks like Ryan Reynolds' wife. That is a take. Yes. I love that. A, a Blake Lively mixed with a little bit of like a Jodie Foster in a way, you know. Yeah, but, you know, she has that look to her. She definitely does. Yeah. It's very, um, she looks very waspy. Yes, very waspy. And I think that is, you know. Uh, part of that's maybe costume. Part of that's maybe you know just the way the she makeup has that was done, facial. You know? She has that facial build of like a, a rich white girl, right? Um. So basically, um, the prosecutor goes on to say that Pamela became worried that her husband Greg was going to find out about this affair she was having with the kid. And at, one night after she and Billy did it in her house, she was gonna. Um. She told him that she had to kill Greg if they wanted to continue. Right. For two weeks after, she basically harassed him every day to get the job done. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, If you want to hear the exact statement, which I'm pretty sure is real, you can just go look it up. Um, So then we're going to cut back to Pamela during simpler times. This is her as a young girl. She's in her bedroom listening to some heavy metal music on her Walkman. Her feet are propped up against the wall. It's a 
perfect teenager's bedroom. One thing to know, though, about Pamela Smart is that she was only 22 when all of this happened. So I keep going back and forth personally when I was watching this scene between being like, it's kind of pathetic. Like you're still living in your teenage bedroom at your parents' house. Not to mention she has a fiance at this point. She has a goddamn fiance. The mom has to come in and be like, oh, hey, your fiance is on the phone. Like, I don't know how life was back during this time, but I feel like I I, I wouldn't want my mom telling me that my fiance is calling me. Yeah, that seems very like. Um, I mean, it seems it's very eighties and nineties. Very New Hampshire is it like small community type. It's very eighties and nineties. Like it's just like it was okay to do stuff, like live with uh, your parents okay. and be like. I mean, also it's That's a little fair. bit religious, right? Like to right. be like you're not going to live with your fiance until you're married. Sure, sure, okay. I and he had just got. Well, I mean, it is. It's weird. Like in our world now, it's like weird the way that people would just let their kids go run around the dark all night like like, we just don't do that shit anymore but it's a lot of this movie though is very oh my god that is so 80s that is so 90s very much so exactly and like i mentioned earlier like it's it's kind of you could tell it's in that transitional period from when the 80s became the 90s because you got i mean you got like a lot of Twin Peaks aspects to it in the filmography. Yeah. And you know, the, the captioning. You, know, you got to hit it with the font. What was your comment it, about the font? Yeah. So when you see the credits roll in, it's kind of that very 80s, you know, block font with the underlining and the italicized, you know, letters and, and that stuff. shadow. You got to exactly. have that shadow on that letter. Like, if you go look at any news, like news broadcast in the 80s they had the same exact like fonts on their do you yeah, think that that's stuff. a little bit of like a nod to her wanting to be a news anchor it could be it could be and I say, a there's lot a of lot credit. of different nods in this movie <laughs> right. yeah but for this, sure i didn't even think about that but totally um but yeah no i think that also just we'll play this clip but just for everyone out there this was a cruel time to women. Women did not look good in the styles of that era. No. Um, seeing the 90s comeback for me wasn't that traumatizing as much <laughs> as the early 2000s will be. But no one looked good. Like, yeah. this isn't like it wasn't the most flattering. Like, you had to be a very pretty person to kind of pull this off. Right. Absolutely. Let's play 446 to 748. Okay, cool. Hello? Can I interest you in some term life insurance, ma'am? You got the job at Northeastern. Dateline, New Hampshire. Greg Smart follows in footsteps of Father Bill. World will become a more secure place as of Monday. Well, congratulations, Greg. That's good news. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, have you uh, seen that fiancé of mine lately? Greg's on the phone. He got the job. You really got it? How could they resist? So, uh, can you pack a bag in an hour? Um, for what? Well, I figured we'd spend my last weekend of freedom having a wicked good time in Boston, huh? What do you mean, last weekend? Pammy, it's a figure of speech. Uh, so what, I'll pick you up at six? Um, okay. Okay, bye. Bye. This is wonderful. I think this is just what Greg needs. What? I just meant he could do with a bit of maturing. There's nothing like a real profession to do the trick. (laughs) 
Had a 6.30 dinner reservation. Come on, let's move. We're going to hit some Friday night traffic. Hair, what happened to your hair? Oh, the barber's still sweeping it up even as we speak. Sorry, babe, it had to go. You know, I'm a big-time corporate exec now. It was so long. It was so beautiful. I know. And it's all for you. I don't want it in an envelope, Greg. I want it on your head. It's so wild. You, you look... Ma'am, I may look like Donald Trump, but I still feel like John Bon Jovi. It's not funny, Greg. Honey, look. In a couple of months, after I've knocked them all dead with my sales magical girl back, and nobody's gonna care. In the meantime, I gotta make an impression, right? I mean, it's just part of the game. I mean, you don't wear your spiked heels and your sequin bustier to the school district, do you? <laughs> it's the same thing, right? I guess. Come on, Pam. It's just hair. Later, I'm still me. And I got all kinds of fun plans for it. I better go pack my spikes and sequins. Okay, so we have some. <laughs> So you made us laugh really hard oh. when we were right when we were talking about this clip as we were seeing it. Um, I was like, see, he's like hot. He's like really charming. I really like him. And you you go, yeah, man, he deserved better than what he got. Oh, dude. I mean, I think I'm just like stating the fucking obvious. To be honest. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, he, no one deserves what he went through. No, he, but he's hot. Like, I don't know what it is. I have like a crush on this actor. I never have a crush on like the like the male lead. I'm always like, ew, he's disgusting. Do you think it's because of like his personality? Because they definitely it's 100 percent because of nice, his personality. personality. He comes across to me like a really sane and grounded Jim Carrey. Okay. okay. Like yeah, where I'm like, sure. you've got like a goofiness like, like a Simon to you. Birch, Jim Carrey. Yeah, like you've got this like lovely goofiness to you, right? And like you're like a really like sweet guy, but yeah. like you've also, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just you definitely like the director, the writers, everybody wanted you to just fall in love with this guy because you'll see throughout. And the here movie, I am. Like the scenes are just like it's like just scene after scene of him just becoming a better and better person. You Great know person. I mean? I'm obsessed. Yeah, like Got a nice man, job. Yeah. Family loves him. Everyone loves him. Now, we also, this is like the only scene I think we see her mother in, Pamela's mother yes, in Yes, I noticed all. that too. Definitely. Yeah, so um, another thing that we want to talk about is the hair in the envelope. Right. So this was before OJ, so DNA wasn't an issue. No, right? I, I just... I. But my my yeah. impulse seeing someone hand someone an envelope full of their DNA is like, don't ever do that. Right. Well, I think it goes further than that, too, because they were, they were getting married. You know what I mean? Like, everyone knew that they were going to be together. But it's just the fact that, like, you're giving, like, first of all, I want to know how the conversation went down with the barber. Like, hey, man, you mind just if I put some of this hair inside of an envelope to give to my fiance? Yeah. That, he's donating it to yeah, a worthy would, cause. That would be very, very weird. Yeah, it is weird. I mean... I also think that right away, I don't know, I was turned off by the fact that she was so appalled by his haircut and couldn't hide it. Yeah, this is the first red flag for me that, like, I mean, 
it just goes to show that like wow you love me for my hair man mm-hmm. you know like this like what if you know what if this was just to fall off like what if i get older you know? yeah you know what i mean like this just shows she's not in it long term and we'll find that out very it shortly. also just shows that like that is like literally how superficial she is in like a way that that's how far is she thinks oh absolutely no i i she's definitely she's like, only mm. thinking like on that physical level i don't even think like yes granted Yes, they probably, maybe they would split up and that would be terrible. But like, I think more than that, like, I don't think it ever even occurred to her. She lives in her own story. Yeah, she does. You know what I mean? Where it's like, she's not thinking about what the the rest of the world's thinking. Yeah. And she's just living in the past and she's, you know, super down on herself and, you know, has all these goals for herself that she feels like she's limited to not be able to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to find out after like the fact that at the very end of this movie that they hadn't even been married a year. No, not even like a little, little under a year. He was 24. She was 22. That's insane. That's the craziest part. So to me. when he's saying to her, like, I could grow my hair back. Like, it's not like he turned into this working stiff and didn't change his hair for a decade. Exactly. Like, this bitch couldn't even wait for him to get a second haircut. Yeah, no. he. That's, that's exactly right. It's funny you point that out because uh, she didn't. Yeah, no. It looks <laughs> like by the time he was killed, it, it looks as though his hair had, had barely grown at all. So. And if a guy did that to a chick, I will say, fucking asshole. Oh, totally. If, like, are like you if kidding your me? girl comes home with a haircut and you don't like it, like, you oh. better figure it out. Oh, hell yeah, man. You love that. You know, like, that's rule number one. <laughs> so she goes to her room and she's sulking about this and she starts to pack up her bag. And it's a very movie suitcase where she's just putting, like, four loose shirts into a bag and, like, goes. Right. I've never packed a bag like that in my life. Yeah. Like, if I have a bag, that shit is, like, at least... Right, two quarters of the it, way. Full. And this was kind of a this is kind of a weird sequence because I mean we caught that they were going to go to Boston. I don't know, was it for the night? I'm assuming because she did yeah. pack very light. Um, and then we just go you know straight into it. Them you know like having a good time at the hotel or what? Yeah, you know? and this is like an hour long drive by the way. New Hampshire okay. to Boston's not far. Like right. you go if you're in Boston, you go over the border to get fireworks. It's right. really easy. On 95, you take 95. I think so. Something like that? Okay. Okay. So we cut back to the prosecutor in the courtroom asking the jury to ask themselves what kind of woman would do this. What kind of woman would sleep with her students and then have them kill her husband? What kind of soul would it take while friends and family mourn Greg's loss to cover herself? Right. Right. Um, what kind of woman is Pamela Smart? She's a dangerous woman. That's right. And then That's, where do I go yeah. in my head? I'm like, is that where they got it for Ariana Grande? Yeah, that's that's a dangerous woman because the way it hit, I was like. Fuck, dangerous woman. I mean, obviously it has new meaning now. Oh, of course. But I was like, that's like a that's like a nasty woman. Like that's like nasty or like it's like like fucking at that time was very dangerous woman. That was very hard hitting. Fuck. Um so we see Pamela and Greg on their weekend away. He's lit a bunch of pink pillar candles and she comes in the room. She's very happy by all this. Um, wear all the clothes. Who needs clothes? They dance. So um, next, we see them leave their church on their wedding day. Greg is so pumped. This is also very eighties. Oh, he's like, so hyped! Walking down the steps, he like, goes in the white yes. church. He's he's like, yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, so like, sweet. Yeah. yeah, he's hype. She, I mean, you know, she didn't seem that hype. I didn't even see her mom there. You know, like I don't think her her side of the family was really present. No, know? not at all. She actually says to Greg's mom, she's like so thankful to be a part of the family. She feels closer to them than she feels to her own, and his parents are great. Right. Now, at the same time, I'm sitting there being like, I don't know, when one family takes over, right. that's and, never healthy. And it's, and it's just, I, it's like, it's just bullshit, too, you know, because mm-hmm. like, 
we find out later that she's just she's got so like she just keeps tabs in her head like of everything that these people do like yeah like, it's just and obviously she do doesn't you really, think they're uh, up their son's ass a little bit though I think they're a little up their son's ass well definitely we'll see the son and the dad they work together you know like right. th- that's the big thing too like this is his it's a, presumably his only child like is what it seems like you know yeah that's the pride and joy of their family we find out later that they literally like live in the same like townhome community mm-hmm. which is just fucking crazy I, I would never let that happen if that was me in my adulthood oh for um, sure but this is yeah. definitely that part of the country where like you can walk to your parents house. oh right of course yeah yeah um, when they get home they go through their honeymoon album with his parents and then we're going to hear the defense lawyer giving these open statements so first scene is just sort of them all going through and then a very interesting scene with pamela talking about the prices of the wedding goods which oh. is my oof i love it pay attention you guys if you're listening which you are because you're listening um because this scene's wild, and I have thoughts and theories about it. But then after that, we're going to hear the defense. I have some notes on this, too. But yeah, okay. go ahead. Let's get in. You just got back, and you've already got your pictures organized. Remarkable. Hey, how about some champagne? Great. Will you look at all these gifts? My Lord, you two made out. If Phil and I would gotten these many gifts when we got married, he could have retired early. That's right. This toaster cost $275. Isn't it just like the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen? Two hundred and seventy-five dollars. It better be for two seventy-five. It better make the damn eggs and bacon as well. <laughs> Didn't Bill's brother Jeffrey give you a toaster? He did, but it was only like eighty-five. Oh no, 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 sixty-five on sale. So I took it back and got a credit toward another place setting of our china. Hey, Pam. Do you know how much all these things cost? I mean, did you go down to the store and price everything? Of course, I know each and every price right down to the penny. I also made a whole computer printout, so I can tell you. Okay, for instance, the cheapest present from my side of the family was $95. Do tell. But the cheapest present from your side was only $55. Um, the average... Pam, cool it, will you? Nobody cares. Yes, they do. I think it's important to know the value of things. Um, the average on my side was 123 and the average on your side was 89 I think it's worth something to know these things, don't you? Champagne, sixteen ninety-five. <laughs> did Pam in any way engage in the planning of the killing of her own husband? We will prove she absolutely did not. But we will only prove that if you all keep an open mind to the facts. All the facts. The Constitution grants each citizen the right to a fair trial. You must now see to it, then, that it happens in Exeter County. It is in your hands. And you must listen to everything in context. Context. Not little bits and pieces that seem to give you a kernel of truth, but rather you must take it in the context of the person from whom it is coming. If you do that, if you give Pamela Smart a fair trial, if you do not jump to conclusions, but rather let the process play out before you, then you will return with a not guilty verdict. And you might even end up a little angry, as I am, that this case was ever even brought to trial. Pam? So, first of all, let's start with your comment about the inflation on the toaster. Or should we start with the first, the fact that right away we we find out that Greg bribed a local, yes. a native. Yeah, I, and I would just <laughs> like to comment uh, on that. Uh, I What I like to do when I watch movies is 
uh, you know, it's 2019. I like to see if I feel fairly represented uh, as a person of color. Right. And I mean, I gotta be honest. Uh, going into this, I, I, I just I wasn't feeling the love. To be honest, no. I, I mean, we find um, the only uh, presumably African American actor in this film uh, is presented in the form of a Kodak picture <laughs> in a photo album uh, and described as a native. Who took a bribe to let the white folk <laughs> to down to a on private island? Beach. Which I thought was damn. Like you, could, there you go. Okay, he took right. a bribe. But, That's hey, man, also but, that. Hey man, I get it. So then you also said you spotted one. Um, you spotted one black person in the right. court as well. So if you're watching this movie and you you know you want to pause at 12 minutes and 46 seconds, if you look in the top left corner, you can see the mouth and below of what appears. <laughs> To be an African American woman sitting in the jury, um, I mean, <laughs> hey man, representation, right? That's a lifetime. So, but I will. <laughs> while it's unforgivable, I will also tell you that I did look up because we were talking about this. The yeah. population of Black people in the state of New Hampshire, right? There are fifteen thousand Black people in the entire state of New You're Hampshire. Lying. The average age of everyone of all Black people in that in that state are, is, is 28 years old. 28. So it's fairly so, new. This movie is what? 28 years old, pretty much. Right. And, yeah. But this is, so this is all, these are the current stats, by the way. Oh, wow. So that means if you were black and you were born in New Hampshire, you get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause it, no there's doubt. no reason why yeah, people I guess are, I didn't really expect, they all die I, I, at 28. Yeah. Not likely. They're getting out. I didn't expect New Hampshire to be, you know, a cornucopia of African American <laughs> culture. Right. But uh, at the same time, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure this was filmed in New Hampshire. Maybe, maybe their excuse is that they wanted to be as accurate as possible. But I'm sure some of the extras that showed up for this film. No. Yeah, yeah. there's no way. I yeah. mean, this is also just like a blind spot in all movies. It's yeah, just, no. and especially Lifetime, they've struggled right. with that. Right. I always tell my friends, I always tell my friends, everyone loves to notice, you know, when there's no white people in a building. Like, oh my yeah. God, there's no white people here. But you never hear somebody walk into a room and say, oh my God, there's no black people or oh my God, there's no Mexicans. Mm-hmm. I mean, things are changing. It's 2019, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll tell you, when I went back to Boston recently, like I got into a lift at the end of a long day and the guy was like, how was your day? And I was like, he's like a 70 year old white guy. Yeah. And I was like, honestly, I was like, everyone here is white. Yeah. I was like, I grew up here, so I didn't notice because yeah. I didn't know any differently. But I said, at a certain point, I just started counting. I was right. like, is there anyone who appears to not have like white skin? Exactly. I saw one Asian person. Yeah. And then I saw, I think one probably like black girl, like very far down yeah. the street, like well, after well, like see, blocks of, of walking. Are you, you in Massachusetts? So I was in Massachusetts, but I was in, um, I was in Brookline, which okay. is like, you know, it's more of a suburb, but it's also like very, it's just like Boston's very segregated. Like right. a lot of these, oh, I mean, yeah, clearly no this is all very segregated. Right. Well, you know? I, I spent some time in the Back Bay area, like mm-hmm. over there by Berkeley and whatnot. And that's and, a little bit more flavorful. Yeah. You'll see some like Indian people and you'll see some like, you know, Asian people and, You'll see a few black people, but still, like it's it's a uh, it's a sea of white faces, you know. Truly. Not something you're used to when you're you've spent so much time, you know, like I have in both Texas and in Los Angeles, you know. Right, very and I think change. like because because the art scene and stuff is like all very multicultural in Boston. Boston's like obviously a big cultural city, yeah. So there's lots of like introduction of other things. It's like very easy to think that you're exposed to a lot more than you are, right? Because you're oh, learning absolutely. about other cultures, oh, you're seeing sure. it, or there's like pillars of the community that are like blowing up certain communities or whatever. But there's not like 
Right. Well, it's the same type of thing. Well, you go to museums, even like in L.A. or New York, and, you know, it's a bunch of artifacts from, you know, these different countries that were basically stolen. You know what I mean? And we feel yeah. like we're, we're cultured. You know, we feel like, well, hey, man, these are all these people. You know what I mean? You've, you've never you. It's the same type of people that say, oh, my God, like I have black friends. You know, I have this, that. But exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just I that's went just to an African to art exhibit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At LACMA, you know, I took my <laughs> Tesla there parked on Wilshire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some black history for you. I mean, like right there by Lockman. That's where that's where Biggie was shot. Absolutely, nobody knows the, that man. It's crazy. I get. I know it right by it. the um. What's the it called? Johnny Museum. Rockets in the in the car museum. It's, yeah, yeah, the yeah the automotive museum. There used museum. to be a Johnny Rockets there. It's, I don't know. I think if it's still uh, is it's now. called like it's. It's like, it's like a diner. Johnny's or some shit. It's like been under construction for like No, Johnny's, years. I know what you're talking about. That's a place that I don't think is real. You know, they shot, I know they shot Reservoir Dogs I there. I think they only shoot movies you there. Because it's been under but construction for a minute. To, when you went down, um, what's the main street it's off Wilshire of? and Fairfax? Fairfax. Yeah. So when you went down Fairfax past the car museum on mm-hmm. like next to the car museum, not a... Diagonal would be Johnny's. Yeah, there the was a Johnny one, right? Rockets oh, okay. next to it. But that's how old I am. Okay, yeah, it's been probably what like ten, 10 years, years yeah. easily. So okay, so when we get home from this honeymoon, we're going to talk about the inflation on that toaster that you looked at. No doubt. So it's a two hundred and eighty-five dollars, seventy-five dollar toaster. Okay. Was, let, let's just make a comment too. This woman. Went to the store and checked the prices of every single wedding gift that she received. She went to like different store. Like it's not like the price tag was on these things, and they didn't have like Google back then, eBay, nothing. She went into the store and like wrote down the prices, like wrote down who gave her the gifts, like from what side of the family. She averaged out how much she money. made a spreadsheet. Yeah, so like her side of the family averaged like one hundred and twenty three dollars per gift, and hey, man. Greg's family only averaged 89, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody on her side of the family bought her a $275 toaster. Yeah. Which we adjusted for inflation with, and that would come out in 2019 to about $540. <laughs> $540 yeah. for a toaster. The most expensive toaster I saw on Amazon is $181 and it is able to toast eight pieces of toast at once. This one is only able to do four. For a, a straight up toaster, not even a toaster oven, that's yeah. in, that's obscene. Oh. There was never a time where someone just needed four pieces of bread no. so badly no. that it cost that amount of money. And she also made a note to mention that uh, one of her other uncles had bought her a $69 toaster. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, she nice. had to take that back. You 69. know what I mean? Like, that's just no love Very from that cool. uncle. Right. But no, so this is the other thing. I th- think this is interesting for a few reasons because part of me was like, okay, this is all very tacky. Yeah. But if we're going to look at it through the eyes of Pamela, maybe she was just taking inventory of her new belongings. And they are an insurance family. She yeah. married into a family of insurers. Right. So they can't see that it's like they can't not make any sense of her wanting to yeah, seek out and, the value and, of and these And their reaction items. isn't, you know, offended, even though I honestly, I think they should be because regardless of whether I or not. I was offended. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, yeah, it's one thing to take inventory, but 
she literally averaged out how much money her side of the family spent and his side of the family spent on the gifts and made that like a big shady thing. Right. But I will tell you this. There are probably very few married people listening to this who don't know exactly what everything they got for their wedding cost because we do like registry now, Fair enough, which is actually scary to think about. I was looking at this being like, wow, that must be really out of control. Like everyone rolling up with different gifts and just putting them down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no way. They have no idea what they're getting. No way. 20 different pieces of crystal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's a that's a lot. But, it's crazy. You know, I don't know. It's, it's so wasteful to me. It yeah. is. It is very wasteful. And I think it's crazy. But like, if you if you watch the movie, you'll be amazed at the organizational skills because <laughs> they went from not living with each other to getting married. And now they have a house fully furnished, fully furnished. Um, with all the gifts, you know. Uh, inside the house and like they're organized in designated positions. So, But for me, I wonder with Pamela, is it about image? Like what's it about? Because she either is off in yeah. that like she has different values, which may or may not be an indication of like, okay, you're the type of bitch who'd kill her husband. Right. Or it may be that... I don't I mean I don't know man I'm I'm just fucked up over it. Yeah, I I just honestly I feel like she is just, you know, a glitz and glamour type of person. You know, she has no one really to show off to. Um you kind of you kind of realize that Greg is her only real friend, which is why she ends up making... Oh, my God, you're right. She, that's why she ends up making friends with these 15-year-olds, because, like, she oh literally God. doesn't talk to any... She sits in her room and listens to, to Van Halen and just... She oh, my God, you're right. Has I all never... this nostalgia about the past, you know? Mm. And, like, so, I mean, it goes... It's just... It's also her recent past, too. Like, she literally got married and, like, six months earlier couldn't get over her fiancé cutting his ponytail. Like, she's... This woman was not ready to go to this next step. But would she ever be? No, I I don't think so. I think that this is honestly something... When you grow up in a city and a state as small as the one she grew up in and you have somewhat of you know a sense of access to the outside world like you know van halen and all this stuff you know they right. live in la like it's well, a dream she lived in florida yeah was a, she did live in florida she was but the look maiden she is of now. metal she was the maiden of metal no <laughs> doubt i did write that down she worked for a radio station she was the maiden of metal uh she's super psyched to tell everybody that while um the kids are giving their little uh, anecdotes about drug use she go ahead she pipes in and lets everyone know that she was a maiden of metal um but uh but but yeah no she, i think she's definitely just she wishes she had a different life and wishes she did some things different for sure first oh yes oh for sure her star did not take off soon enough and we know that right away because in the next scene after this she is getting told that she's not good enough for channel nine news nope which channel was nine, no. is a real station yes wasn't good enough to be their news person. She said the station is too stupid to see her talent. She's going to spend her life teaching students how to plug in VCRs. Right. Okay, so basically she gets home and she's telling him this. What were you saying about him, your impression of him when this whole scene happened? Because I thought he was very sweet. Yeah, let me let me just set the scene for you guys. Um, it's We're looking at a beautiful fall day in the duplex. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, we got pumpkins, you know, on people's doorsteps, children running around, having a good time. Uh, we, we go inside, we see a shot of Greg doing the dishes, family man. Let me just say like he, he washes and dries. He's like a single mother. Right. All right. Pam comes in from her channel nine audition. 
visibly frustrated, pacing back and forth. And the director really wanted to make a note of this pacing because she paces back and forth. She goes. Uh, she goes for it. a minute, like she a while. Movement. Um, she's very upset. Greg, though, could not have been more understanding. He was like, so sweet, and he had things yeah. to do. He had to go to work. By the way, this whole scene for me was like hijacked by looking at the vase on the floor, like the big floor vase with all the pussy willows I in it. I do remember this, yes. That absolutely. was very, like, were you alive for that when people I, had big-ass sticks I was of not, pussy willows? But I do there? have grandparents who remain in the 80s in terms of their interior decorating. Yeah. So, yeah. My mom stuck a pussy willow up her nose when she was a child and had to go to the hospital and have it taken out. I stuck two popcorn seeds up my nose as a child and my mom didn't take me to the hospital she's like dylan you better just blow your nose really hard and get him out were you trying to make popcorn honestly i was just fucking bored i was like you know what here's popcorn seeds let me see if i can get them because at the time i thought you know like the nose just goes straight to the mouth right i thought the same thing i put a raisin in my nose when i was in uh watching punky brewster one day oh really yeah and i was like i was like (laughs) i knew about i was like i knew about the pussy willow story it was infamous in my family my mom stuck pussy willow for nose i have to go to the hospital hospital, right so i'm sitting there watching punky brewster i decided to shove a raisin up my nose and i'm like molly this is it you're gonna have to go to the hospital so i sat there and i got that puss i got that I got that raisin out of my nose, but it took a while. Yeah, man. it took me a while I had to just too. surgically go up there and get in there Ooh, with my see, little, I kept like my, my tiny feet. little hands. Yeah, yeah. No, it was not. I remember I was playing GameCube, um, <laughs> and I just stuck two of them up there too. I didn't stop after one. I was like one in each nostril, <laughs> and I initially had them so you could see them poking out of my nose. Oh yeah, and I tried to get them out, Sick. and they just kept going in there. It was just not. I was like probably six or seven, maybe. You know, Terrible. it's just like this is the shit you do when you're bored as a kid. Absolutely. That's why you got to yeah. keep those hands iPads. full with board games. This is before you know? iPads, you know, like all that shit. You have like, nothing to do. I'm on the cusp of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. My little brother has not lived a day of his life without, you know, no. YouTube. You just sat there when you right. were a kid. You I just sat and you, it. yeah, you behave. Right. So um, he's like, hey, you know what? Before, like, before I leave, no matter what it's worth, I'd rather have you give me the TV news than anybody. And he blows her a Dude, kiss. Sweetheart. So sweet. Absolutely. I love him. Nice I guy. love Greg. I'd, I'd leave my life so, behind bro, for Greg. Honestly, I would probably hate Greg if he was real because I knew that any girl would choose Greg You'd be Greg like, I just me. can never be. Yeah, exactly. Everything just, that Greg is. Yeah, no doubt. 100%. So um, Pamela just has this look on her face when he's saying this. Like, she doesn't even hear what he's Bro, saying. she does not care. Right. And, like, I understand you can't, your man can't always put a smile on your face Mm-mm. with some kind words, right? right? But he may as well have been talking to a fucking wall. Oh. And he yeah, might have yeah. been just, like, a dog barking. Not even, she probably would have given more of a reaction to, like, a barking dog. Yeah, you know, I, this is honestly the first scene where I started to realize she doesn't really give a fuck she about it. She ain't him. right. She's stuck in the past. You she know. ain't right. She made a commitment at 22 to get married. Bro, 22? Are you yeah. kidding me? Hell no. no. No way, man. Maybe that's how they do it in New Hampshire or whatever. I think that's how they did it back then. Like, I mean, even then, like, that was still really young to get married. But it was much more, like... Much more accept or not even acceptable. Much more of the norm, I guess. Yeah, when yeah, I yeah. was in, when I was her age, when I was twenty-two, not only did I think I'd probably be engaged by then, like when mm-hmm. I was growing up, I right. was like, oh, I'll probably be engaged by twenty-two, and I'll probably have like at least one kid by twenty-five. Yeah. And then when I was like, you know, out here in LA at this age, all my friends were like, don't even fucking 
think about oh, having a kid till oh, you're 35. Yeah. Like, no. you don't need to worry it's about it. It's very different out here. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, my whole life will be over by the right. time I'm 35. Right. And here I am, 35 years old, killing it, don't want a child. Yeah, no. See, I have friends. <laughs> I don't want to ruin someone's life. Who are younger than me, 18, 19, and they're fucking, they have kids. Yeah. And that, that, I have this weird theory that if you're from a small town, all you want to do is fuck. Because there's That's really exactly nothing else. And, and like, it is the truth, right? It and I'm is. glad to hear you say that. And in the cold. No, because it's because you're, fucking yeah, you're like bored. Making, like, people were talking shit to me because I said that. You're bored as fuck. There's nothing yeah. to do. I used to date a girl up in Woodland, California. Mm-hmm. Like, up there, suburb of Sacramento. There was fucking nothing to do in that city. Yeah. We would sit in the hotel room and watch fucking Clueless. There was a fucking <laughs> channel that played Clueless over and over again. And we just put it on. And I love just, that channel. It was like, hell no. Like, I can't do it. Like, there's nothing to do. I could drive to Sacramento and go to the Cheesecake Factory. And that was about it. But yeah. I have the Cheesecake Factory every week at the fucking Americana. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's not exciting to me. Cheesecake Factory. Well, I mean, no, it's true. It's why, like, so many people do drugs. It's why so many people have reckless sex. Yeah. It's why so many people drink and drive. There's right. fucking nothing to do. It's cold it's and it's terrible. boring. Yeah. Um, As most things are for you in life, though, boring. Mm-hmm. Like, anything good for you. But also a lot of the things that you, decisions you make. because you're fucking bored. So um, at the school, Pamela's heading up some sort of student group. We started these at my school after Columbine, not to brag. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they only went till like September 11th. Yeah, not to brag or anything, but one of the shooters (laughs) had the same name as me. Oh, which one? And Columbine? Dylan. Dylan. Oh, just the name Dylan. Just the name Dylan, yeah. It's Eric We don't have much else. Dylan Roof? Dylan Roof is the, the, the shooter of the church. Yeah. A lot we of don't terrible like, We Dylans. don't love him. We gotta, we, those are canceled. Those Dylans are canceled. Oh, no doubt. You're the head Dylan, as far as I'm concerned. You D- Dylan and Klebold Dylan from and Beverly Hills 90210. Okay, right. Luke Perry, RIP. Yeah. We, always R.I.P. Absolutely. Did you no see doubt. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? I did. R.I.P. Like, I just loved seeing him for even a moment. I don't even remember who he played. He oh, played he a cowboy. Yeah, he was yeah. the other actor. He right? wasn't yeah. like a big part of the movie. I almost wondered. I think they were shooting it when he died. I feel like uh, you know. I, I remember seeing them shooting for that a long time ago. Honestly, they've been working on it for a minute. Because I remember one time they closed off. I think it was like uh, right where El Coyote is. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. fucking tired as fuck driving, and they had that shit closed off for the. For the film, I was like, damn. And like, Musso and Franks, they shut down a bunch of stuff. They got some real real estate. If you guys haven't seen it, that movie, it's been out for probably eight months by the time you're hearing this. Uh, you yeah. got to make a point. To got to make a point. It's really right. good. Um, so let's play this scene where she's rapping with some teens. They're doing a full rap sash. Yes. They're absolutely discussing their problems and feelings. 1452 to 1808. After this, we're going to cut to a scene of her defense doing their opening statement in courts. And then after that, we're going to cut back to a car where she's driving home some of her students. So we're going to see a nice little like sandwich flash forward, right. flashback. Right. Thing was still there. You know what I mean? Every, everything that everybody thought was bothering him that the coke was supposed to take care of it just seemed to bother him worse I just figured the best thing to do is just to to solve your problems and that way there's no reason to do the coke I think Billy's absolutely right you know, there's like this belief that drugs and rock music kind of go together. Forget it. 
I mean, nobody's more into heavy metal than me. I was the DJ on this radio talk show at this college station in Florida. I was known as the maiden of metal. <laughs> so I did all the concerts. I hung out. I got to know the groups. Well, Eddie Van Halen came on my show this one time to talk about drugs. And he basically said the same things that Billy just said. So, here's the deal. I guess when the partying stops, the problems are still there. They're just staring at bloodshot eyes. Poor, young, vulnerable Billy Flynn. How vulnerable, I ask you. How innocent. How pitiable. Malleable. Is a person who not once, but on three separate occasions, admittedly set out to kill Greg Smart. A person who admittedly put a 38 caliber revolver to the head of another human being. A human being who begged for his life. And then, without so much as a thought, pulled the trigger, watched the blood splatter, and then simply left his victim to die. So, what do you do at school? What do I do as media director? Well, I didn't mean anything. I just... No, 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 no. It's a really good question. Um, I do just about everything having to do with the media. I do the news releases. I'm in charge of getting out the District 21 newsletter. I take the pictures. I write the articles. I do the layout on the computer. Wow. That sounds like, like fun almost. <laughs> well, it is fun. Jobs can be fun, you know. Yeah, I guess. I never, um, I don't know. What do you want to do eventually? Well, I was thinking, like, maybe, you know, to be a journalist or something. Well, you should come to the office and hang out. Really, I can always use the help. We could work on some different stuff together, see if you like it. That'd be great, thanks. I get out here. Which one's your house? It's right down there. Okay, I can drive you. Oh, it's okay. Really. Thanks. See you guys. See ya. Come up here, I won't feel like I'm your chauffeur. Oh, sure. So she drops this girl off like down the street from our house, which for yeah. myself or any other Seventh Heaven viewer or any viewer of any show, this by the way, Seventh Heaven comes up every episode of the show now. Okay. Um, that always means the teenager is homeless. Yeah. Ex- that's, oh my that's God. I wrote that down. For the homeless teen. I, for the, through the remainder of my notes, I refer to her as homeless girl. <laughs> so I'm not even kidding. So I'm glad that you said that. No, first. it's always, it's always like the setup. By the way, what a miserable place place to be homeless, like suburban New oh, Hampshire. I'd die. She has like this specific intersection too that she wants to be dropped off at too. Like if you watch it, she like cuts and it's like, oh, stop right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so th- that was definitely something that or I thought Or that means was like weird. your parents like a really bad addict and they hit you and so you can't come near the house and right, see like how right. unkempt but normally, the yard yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Maiden of Metal is fucking iconic. You brought up an amazing point, right. which is that... Um, no one fucking asked her. No one mentioned music. Yeah, not a single fucking person asked her. Also, like, I think Billy, you also, another great point. So, 
the whole scene with the hair, with his hair earlier, Greg's hair, mm-hmm. is to lead up to the fact that she likes a metal boy. Right. And when no we doubt. meet Billy, he's sitting there in a leather jacket with a full mullet looking very like John Bon Jovi, sort of killing it. Some, some David Lee Roth going on. <laughs> no doubt at all. Um, he yeah. is serving some like, he has that sort of like Culkin brother look though to him as an actor. Like, yeah, he has I know exactly lips what you mean. And like, sort of like a... You know, just like a sad kind of eye, like skinny, like malnourished type. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, no, like a Jared Leto young. He has that thing to him for sure. And so this whole scene, though, is so interesting. You bring up a great point, which is that again, no one asked her, uh, no one mentioned music. He's just talking about him using co- cocaine two or three times, which, like, at no point does she say like that's really bad. No. And and, and this is literally like, this is, uh, we we see that this is, uh, this is like a drug type meeting where you go and you talk about addiction and stuff. And he's giving this anecdote about how he used to use cocaine to solve his problems and he realized the problems are still there. Yeah. And she doesn't touch on that at all. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, probably also a big problem with cocaine is staying up until it wears off. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no. Like when he's like, I was up, like, you know, and then when the cocaine wore off, I saw my problems. I was like, well, yeah, you need to take a Xanax and go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. You need to do something about that. Or just downgrade to Adderall. Same thing. Yeah, something. You can't stay up all night in cocaine. That's not going to solve your problems. You need a night's sleep after that and then a pizza when you wake up. And you're 15, dude. Yeah, no. And by the way, like, that's some dark shit like doing i like where does coke even come from in this part of the country right. i was very sheltered to drugs uh, throughout to all mention, of my teen years this is very dark yet she doesn't even comment on it and go straight into talking about how she used to be yeah, a, I'm a disc jockey DJ. Yeah. at uh, a radio station in florida so also another great thing i didn't even realize is that so Haley, her dog is named Haley because of van halen Okay, I thought it was Bailey, but it makes sense. It's, it's Haley. Haley, yeah, right. And then her license plate is Haley. Haley, yes. And she like is like living on, like hanging on this one time she met Eddie Van Halen at the radio station as She's the maiden of metal. Obsessed. What if he wrote her a letter in prison? She'd kill herself. That would be it for her. That's all she it's needs. It's definitely some. It's definitely some like Jodie Foster and uh, the guy who tried to shoot Reagan thing. What was it? John Hinckley? Like oh. some obsession shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Because no, for it, sure. she's clinging on to this, like with the hair, the license plate, uh, the music. Every song she plays is Van Halen, pretty much. You know, the but posters. But how can you have a man like my Greg, my Gregory Smart, and just be only into the hair? Is this where her her interests begin and end? You know what? I think it goes deeper than the hair. I think it's the fact that they grew. They man, they were such metalheads together, and then now he's selling insurance. And I love that. I, I don't know if this guy actually sold insurance, but that is the perfect job for this part. Like it's the most boring looking thing in the world, where you wear a suit and you go in with your haircut and you shake hands with old people. It's also very like anti Reagan era, where oh, it's yeah. like it's like I, you're you're turning into my dad. You're a baby boomer now. Right. Like you're like you know exactly. like it's that very like you've betrayed our right. culture. Some late eighties stuff, no doubt. Yeah, but it's like, not punk rock. Like that's the saddest part about it. Because like punk rock, I feel like okay, they have a message. They're like anti this. 
Hair metal bands, like they have an actual hair metal band, has no problem becoming corporate. They want to sell their records. Let me tell you, Kiss has no underlying messages in their lyrics, I don't think. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Neither does Van Halen, so, to be honest. So she gets Billy in the front seat of the car because she feels like a chauffeur at this point, having yeah. dropped off the homeless girl at the railroad track. And she's like, hey, I saw you playing air guitar back there. Do you play real guitar? Which, <laughs> 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 like... It's so weak. fucking like if because a if a dude said that to me, I'd be like, "You're so gross." He's like, just like a, no. oh yeah, well, like no, nah, not really. I've just been like really trying to like get into it though. And she, bro, she is just so into this shit too. Like you could see her like looking through the rearview mirror, like almost crashing the fucking car a few times because she's trying to see his licks on the fucking air guitar back there. <laughs> and like he is going real air guitar. Like is if I really? ever saw somebody do this, I'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Like. But he's getting into it. And right, she's, he's like doing all the chords and shit. He's there. Yeah, no, she's damn near like at <laughs> full sail, to be honest, because like she she was no problem like to the homeless girl, get the fuck out of my car. Billy comes sit in the front seat, wastes no time to ask about the air guitar. No, not at all. And she's like also takes this as another chance to expand upon her like illustrious history of building up the metal community. But then she pulls up to his place and she's like, you did really great. That night with your, you know, tonight with your story about drugs. Um, oh, yeah. Everyone thought so. And then she goes, you know what? Listen, if you really want to play guitar, you just have to practice. Just remember, if you need something bad enough and you don't give up, you can have anything you want. It was nice to meet you. No doubt. Yeah, I know. And like, I actually didn't even realize that till I read it in my fucking notes just now. <laughs> right. And, and I, I wrote down, I don't know if any of the listeners are familiar with literature but she she gives off a very holden caulfield vibe yeah in terms of like catching the ride we're just like you're super narcissistic and you think the whole world is out to get you and you know like you're the only sane person but in reality you're fucking crazy yeah but holden you know I mean? caulfield was also a true g oh dude she that's is my not, favorite book no Pam, doubt pamela smart is not a true g uh, no exactly but you got people who will say holden caulfield's a spoiled brat like oh all he's this awful shit. you know yeah no doubt but i, I wrote that down and also um, I, I wrote down that during this first interaction, it, it looks as though Billy, you can't really tell that he's into her because he seems kind of confused that this fucking is. teacher's hitting on him. Yeah, of course. You know, this, is, this is a freshman in high school. You it's know also I mean? a little disjointed too, though. Like it leaves a lot of room open for like, are you like, am I flirting with you? Exactly. Like, and so you wonder like, is she inappropriate or yeah. is this normal? No, it's very true. So the whole family, they're gathered around the piano. It's, it's Christmas, Christmas time. time. Yeah. Okay. It's Christmas time, bitch. Greg is pretty drunk and they're all singing 12 Days of Christmas, which is the whole right. family despite. Five onion rings. Five yeah. onion rings. I truly laughed. Yeah, in me my too. Place. Funny. And I also died because once he's hitting the nog, that's my thing. Oh. Is I always say you got to hit the nog You got to keep Christmas. him away from the nog. He's getting too, he's getting too into the nog right now. Pam, like Pam's hating her fucking nogs. life. I'm telling. Thirty to fifty <laughs> nogs. Thirty to fifty nogs, no doubt. Dude, he had like thirty to fifty <laughs> nogs 30, in three no, to five minutes. Thirty dude. to fifty, thirty to fifty Carol <laughs> nogs while he was singing Christmas carols. Um, yeah, he fucking loved his nogs, dude. I uh, I do love eggnog. We were talking about this too, a little yeah. bit before. Shout out to Christina Lopez for the coquito recipe. 
If you guys haven't had Coquito, yeah. it's Puerto Rican eggnog, and it's the fucking shit. Christine has a video somewhere on the internet making with her family. So on the drive home, uh, Greg is really fucking wasted, and he's oh, reciting yeah. the night before Christmas, and she's like, are you going to do the whole fucking thing? Like, she, stop. I'm yeah, sick of it. She actually tells him to can it. I wrote that down, which can at it. that time was like, shut the fuck up in New Hampshire language, I'm assuming. I mean, it's very like 80s language. Yeah, no doubt. It's And it's also like them trying to avoid swears, which is great for our overall right. our list, because this movie's not going to score particularly high based on the acting, for example. Right. Um, the story has left us some loose oh, ends, yeah. though. Not to mention, this originally aired, I read, on CBS. So, like, it was during primetime, and, you know, like... It's a mouth. You can't it's a curse movie of that. the week. It's, it's can it, man. Can it. Yeah. That's, that's all you can go, you know? So, he seems annoyed that she's not in the Christmas spirit, and he mm-hmm. tells her, no mistletoe for you when you get home, or Mr. Toe. <laughs> Uh, I didn't even catch that. Truly. And then the dad's like, Mr. Toe. And so the whole family's like a little shit face. They're having fun. Pamela's like, I guess, girl doesn't drink. No. Well, I I just don't think that she felt the emotional connection anymore. I think she felt trapped at this point. Yeah. She had already kind of fallen in love with Billy seeing him play air guitar back there. I will tell you this though, because like it does seem to be all about Greg's family and it's okay if she's not close with hers, you know, is it? I don't know, but I will tell you that it can be a lot when you're married to someone and they're really involved with their family. For sure. Like that can be a real toxic brew. Like, is at a certain point you're like, did I marry you or did I I marry these motherfuckers? Exactly. Yeah. She didn't can, this is also like a big Irish Catholic family, I assume, or something. Yeah. We all know the in-law jokes too, you know, it's just, of kids, yeah. tons of brothers and sisters. Which I just think she's given up any care at this point because she tells him to shut up right in front of his parents, you know, and then you get the very dramatic look out the window for mm-hmm. the remainder of the ride home. So she's like, how many nogs have you even had? This is disgusting. And the mom's like, you know what? That's enough, Pamela. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just can't stand it. I can't stand when he gets drunk like this. Yeah. So... That's also fair. Right. Like, there's a few hints throughout this that Greg likes to overdrink. Yeah, there is. But see, the thing is, the problem is, is that it's just, I have such a biased view against Pam because, like, I'm just like, you had him fucking murdered, but... Like, she does, like, bring up a lot of things that like he's an alcoholic, you know. That, and, but then also she married yeah. someone who's drinking she was uncomfortable right. with. Like, it's not, they've been not even married a year. It's not like they got married and then all of a sudden he's a, like, a fucking... Alcoholic, yeah. A Gregnog addict. That's right. what I almost called it. I almost called it Gregnog. Uh, That's crazy. I really did. Um... But yeah, so anyway, that night his parents are in bed. I love this because it's so like the mom's just laying in bed with her Reader's Digest. She's all yeah, like, they're ready her to hit the hay. You know, she's ready to lay down. She has her magazine and there's a lot of knocking at the door. And she's like, who's that knocking? So the husband's like, I'll go to the door. 2240 to 2521. Greg? Greg, Greg, are you? Dad, what are you doing here? Did you hit your wife? Did I what? She's over at our house. Your house? How the hell did she get there? She walked in the cold after she says you hit her. I hit her? Well, come on, Dad. You know I'd never do that. Then what the hell happened for crying out loud? She's hysterical over I there. I don't know. Look, she was bitching at me from the minute you dropped us off. I mean, it was just like it was in the car, you remember? Only worse. And I just wanted to crash, you know? I told her that we'd talk about it tomorrow, that right then all I wanted to do was sleep, but she wouldn't quit. And she's standing in the middle of the bathroom door, and she wouldn't let me by, so... 
I just pushed past her in the doorway. I mean, okay, maybe I used the side of my arm or something, but I barely touched her, for God's sake. I mean, come on, Dad. I know I'm blasted, but I'm not comatose. Just go to bed. Listen, you two are married now. You've got to resolve your own problems, understand? You sure you don't want to stay down there with us tonight? No, I'll be okay. I just want to sleep in my own house. Okay. If you need anything, just call us. Thank you. I know you guys have classes, so I'll talk fast. We need your help. The Florida Citrus Council is sponsoring this contest for the most creative commercial about orange juice. Here's the flyer. So this is very clear uh, to me at this point, especially on like another rewatching of this movie, that she just was done and she was looking for anything to get out. Yeah, no doubt. I... I... I have to agree, you know, and I think that the way that she went about this is like she knew that the parents knew that Greg was drunk, and so she thought she could get away with you know telling little little fibs and bullshit um and- I mean, it does sound like there was an encounter between them, but at the same time, like you know i don't wanna I don't ever want to side with someone who's like accused of hitting someone, but at a certain point, especially the way she railed in the car. I, you know yeah. when you're when, when a drunk person is drunk, let them go to fucking sleep. Trying to argue with a drunk person is yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a, a, worse and, and than fighting with a, a like a exhausted toddler. We like you're not getting anywhere. We see Greg asleep in his jeans and shoes and his belt, and it doesn't look like he could be hurting anybody. So that's what I'm saying. I think she was looking for something. Wanted to get the parents involved, maybe on her side a little bit. Because, I mean, obviously, they're going to be on Greg's side. You know, that's their kid. But she just wanted to start a little something to kind of maybe throw some, throw, some, throw some shade in there, throw some, you know, insecurity in the parents' minds, you know, just letting them know that something might be up with Greg. I mean, she also could have been in this position where she's like, you know, if what she says later on about basically, like, if I leave him, I'm going to lose everything. She could have been trying to escalate. And by the way, like, anyone who listens to this podcast knows I typically do not ever make an excuse for, like, a man's behavior like this, especially in a real-life story. But I will say that it something about that specific scene, like, her railing on him, like, basically picking on him when he's drunk, that seems like something you're doing to basically get him to be like, I'm done. I'm fucking out. Oh, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, you're totally right. That is Because, like, when you're railing on someone who can't defend themselves, like, you're trying to get them to be like, I'm fucking out. And that's the only thing that she was holding on to was that he was never going to agree to to a divorce and that was going to make things really difficult for her in the long yeah, run. Yeah, but you just have to assume too that I mean like she she this they haven't been married that long, you know? No. This, so she is already starting this kind of behavior. It's definitely going to leave a bad taste in Greg's mouth. And they're also too young. I mean, the dad's going up there being like we can't solve fights for you anymore. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean anymore? Like how long have you been Yeah, that, I didn't think about that. Mediating either, yeah. these fights between them. But she wants to go to sleep in her own bed She or in her own, in her own house. house. She right. curls up on the couch with the dog. And then in class the next day, Pam is telling everyone, all the little kids that are in her immediate class, um, Billy and then Cecilia, and then I think it's JR and like another girl, 
She's like, okay, so the Florida Citrus Council is holding a contest to see what schools can come up with the best commercials. This yeah, is true. About orange juice or some shit, This right? is literally the exact com- like the exact commercial that they were doing when this case started. Okay. Um, and she's like, I don't want to just do a commercial, though. I want to do a music video. Right. And I also thought about this later, and I love this because she's from Florida. Like, yeah. I think, or at least lived in Florida. So it's like, okay, like... She's in touch with the Florida Citrus Council. Like yeah. she's getting they didn't send that email out to everyone no, or they whatever did not. it was. Right. So the students are like, it's not possible to do a music video about orange juice. And she's like, Look, of course we can. We can do anything we want. They can be wild, they can be outrageous, they can be funny, we can use the school equipment. Billy yeah. can use a video camera and what they don't know he he can learn. I mean, this is an educational yeah, project. No doubt. And we learned that there's also a grand prize and she tells the students that her and Greg will be winning the trip and uh that she can split the cash prize between all the students. Yeah. I liked that they went along with that too. I did too, which because I mean honestly I feel like she could have left like, the part out where she and her fucking husband are gonna take <laughs> the trip. I was like, excuse I was me. Like, uh, all right. Because she said it like it makes so much sense. Yeah, She's like, 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 Well my husband naturally my husband and I will take the trip, but you we can all split the cash. And I was like, Tell me you're not getting some of the cash too. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So anyway, she asked Cecilia to hang back mm-hmm. um, because she wants to talk more about this and she says, you know, you can be my intern if you want. You can work eight hours a week with me and she's like i would love that when can i start and she's yeah. like you can start today and she goes well as my first official day of intern duty i have to tell you that billy has a huge crush on and you. by the way guys cecilia is the homeless girl uh i don't right. know if we commented on <laughs> right. that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes oh really he'll get she goes oh really he'll get over, he'll get it. over it which seems real like it feels to me at the time that she didn't realize that she could maybe get billy to kill her husband like this could right but i don't even know if that was on her mind you think that was on her mind at this point no i think it like i think that she was attracted to billy but knew it was wrong because she's the teacher and then i think that you know her saying he'll get over it was her not realizing that he won't get over it It, and that he'll do anything for her and i think she already has this existing problem of a husband she wants to get rid of right i I, and i think it's important to note too that pam is very open with these 15 year old kids about everything like her life her fucking experiences her like we learn later on she's just fucking so open about her plan to kill her fucking husband like, it's just like damn like you're telling everyone in the school basically yeah very and, loose yeah lips. no no it, very very weird lady no doubt so but. we see them shooting the music video very and this is another yeah. another weird ass moment so Pam and the two girls are dressed like cave women waking up early and the two teenage girls are wearing like black t-shirts with sort of like bone necklaces painted on them mm-hmm. and then like I guess what one would consider a more masculine caveman look. Yeah. And then Pam's wearing like, like a, leopard a print. one sleeve sort of Wilma Flintstone sexy little number. Right. Obviously the Beyonce of this Destiny's she Child. She is the 100% the Beyonce of that Destiny's Child. Not giving the others much scream time. And the premise of this music video is that a bunch of hot cave women wake up and they start dancing and they smash oranges in and then to get juice all that dancing makes them thirsty you're right and we know that because the cave women point to their mouths to be like i'm thirsty oh it's right morning. That's, I'm thirsty. in case you guys didn't know that's the language that cave that men and I'm women thirsty. use yeah so they start beating the oranges and eating them after they like you know they dance and they do this whole thing she's covered in orange juice 
because she's been squeezing it on herself. And she's playing right. very sensually to camera. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm like, if this is a high school for, like, this is a high school student contest and you're sending this into the Florida Citrus Council, yeah. like, I would be embarrassed. Right. Not to mention, I didn't even fucking realize that she was going to be in the video. <laughs> To be well, honest. I don't think that's she's a, the star of the screen. Anytime like your teacher was like in anything, it was so embarrassing and it was always for comedic effect. Like the teacher no was doubt. never like the hot one. <laughs> right, right. But I feel like cause she is this is new for her, right? She's yeah. the media director. She's not necessarily a teacher, she's like an elective teacher. And she doesn't even really want to be a teacher. Right. She like wants to be a news anchor and like exactly. she, this is like boring for her. She wants to be on camera. I, I can kind of relate to this though, having a crush on a teacher though, because when I was in ninth grade there was this brand new like teacher who was mm-hmm. actually like the older sister of somebody in my grade. She was like 22. Okay. She just so you, like, became the her. English teacher yeah. in ninth grade. And she was just so beautiful. And I was like, damn, like, and we, all of us had heard about, you know, like these fucking teachers hooking up with students. We had a gym teacher that hooked up with a student for a minute. Did you? Of course, and did duh. they get fired? Yeah, he got fired. He went to like fucking jail too. So, See, you that's know. the other thing too, is that there's always this like, you know, double standard with female teachers hooking up with their male students. I like, because it's like this fantasy hot for teacher right which is like another metal song i wonder if that right but it's never influenced her never a hot teacher that i see on the news it's always like oh i always think they're like pretty like young girls maybe i'm just not looking at these stories enough but the ones that have been brought to my attention the teacher's just like it's like damn really it's like it had to be just like a dare thing where it's like oh but you can get the teacher to hook up with you or like they're kids that like really need a role model and like they are taken under the wing of someone and it's like sick and twisted and they manipulate them like any old ass man that like gets his 16-year-old student to think they're going to be together. Like, it's it's just fucking nasty. Or it's, like, super bad where, like, they just want to have sex before college so that they're good at it. Maybe. That's also possible. You know. But, yeah, I mean, she's a fucking predator. Like, that's the other thing, too, is when you read all these news stories about, like, when it's a woman and and a student having sex, like, they're like, oh, they're having sex. When in reality, like, she's legally raping him. Yeah, it's statutory, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And, like, he's... 15 years old, like, she's man- manipulative as fuck. Ab- like, oh. this is one oh, person you, you can't even, argue that she's manipulative. Like, yeah. It gets, so, it gets to the point where it's like, would give me chills during the fucking movie because it's mm. like, damn, this fucking lady, man. <laughs> it's so, like, yeah, it's crazy. She asked Billy if she can take a shower in his room. And when she gets out of the shower, she's looking at Billy's room and it looks an awful lot like her teenage bedroom, which you and I talked about. It's like, definitely fucking her teenage bedroom. But yeah. that's beside the point. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like, it kind of states, like, shows her um, mental state, which is basically like, oh, this is hot. Like, it's like she's thinking like a teenager. Right, right. She wants to... And 22 is pretty young to want to recapture your youth, by the way. No doubt. Well, exactly. Well, see, 22, man, like, I'm, like, two years away from 22, and... I don't think that's old. You know what I mean? Maybe no. compared to like a 15-year-old, sure. But if you went into a high school girl's room, you'd probably look at this oh, shit and be like, no. oh my God, she's like a child. Like, yeah, this is no, so immature. Absolutely. Like, yeah. The fact that she walks into this young 15-year-old boy's room as a 22-year-old woman and is like, this is hot. Like, right. She ain't right. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um, that's fucking crazy. So Cecilia's kind of pouting at the kitchen table a little bit. The homeless um, girl, And yeah. I do wonder if the whole time, if Cecilia has a crush on Billy and like where that sort of 
helps or hurts things. You know what I was kind of thinking? And I just fucking thought of this. You think she has a crush on her? No, I think that Cecilia, the whole reason that she had fucking Pam drop her off in the intersection is because we find out later in the movie that Cecilia thinks this is fucked up from the beginning. She mm. thinks it's weird that they're hanging out with the teacher. So maybe she didn't want her mom seeing a fucking teacher drop her off at her house. Probably. That was maybe like the thing. Or like she didn't want her mom to see the fucking teacher drop her off under the bridge where they live because they're homeless. <laughs> right. uh, Truly. But, but yeah, no. They I, do clean it up later when they go to the police station together though i will say that was for me i was like oh she's not homeless okay or she and her mom keep themselves very well underneath that bridge no doubt um so there's a conversation with between billy and his mom um about you know what happens when your teacher wants to take you out dancing 2905 to 2932 and I do want to say before we start this, that do you remember in the 90s, people would buy like blue paper napkins or pink paper napkins based on their kitchen? Uh, I but not, not like party napkins. I was born at the end of the 90s. So, I mean, okay. No. Oh, yeah. Your fingers literally have 1999 tattooed yeah, on if you right. guys want like an image. Yeah, I'm, He's a young boy. I am. So, you know. But they're using blue paper napkins, which to me is iconic because it's so wasteful, but just goes to show how like we are in a climate disaster now because people needed to use like specifically blue colored paper napkins when Not they were mention, yeah. wasting it, shit. And they also just used a shit ton of hairspray in this movie. So, I mean, like, that's climate they change. They fucked up the earth. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, 2905 to 2932. You insist you're going dancing. Pam's taking us. I just don't think it's appropriate for you to go out clubbing with one of your teachers. She's not a teacher. She is me. She's an adult. I don't get it, Mom. You've always complain there's not enough adults around to supervise whenever I want to go anywhere. But now you're getting just what you want. I don't know. And I don't care. If Dad were alive, he'd let me go. I mean, so he's got daddy issues for sure. Yeah. But it also looks like he has mommy issues. Right. Well, I just think it's a rebellious thing. It's like, I mean, I can relate as a guy, you know, like your mom, you know, like, you know, like even as a fucking adult, sometimes I don't want to bring the girls I'm dating or my mom because, you know, it's embarrassing. But But he's not dating this girl. The mom brings up a really fucking good point. It is weird to go clubbing with your teacher. Not only that, I'm surprised that this motherfucker is going clubbing and his mom's letting him when he's fucking 15, you know? Right. Like, I don't know what it's like in the fucking early 90s, but goddamn, like... I mean, I will tell you... It looked like they were at a fucking, like, bar. Yeah, no. From my memory, like, underage clubs or all-age clubs were not common when i was growing up yeah um but they're there at this metal bar dancing pam is wearing a bra top and a jacket short jean skirt and she's fucking going in on the grinding going in and cecilia's watching all of this from like a booth with like a real stink face on which yeah she i i i I took that as like jealousy but also uneasiness yeah i could see that i could see that i but like i went to straight away to like oh she's jealous about billy Mm -hmm. and i was like maybe she's in love with pam smart i i didn't think of that but maybe no doubt but because uh, i think yeah. you're right i think she just was in over her head yeah. like this is fucking weird like my teacher's grinding on my classmate yeah. like we were just filming right. an orange juice video and i think this is definitely the turning point i think billy was definitely into it at this point because there's no way he'd have a boner first of all second no of all no way you don't yeah. dance with someone like that if you're oh, not attracted bro, you're to them 15 and like you just started getting that shit like normally like on god like he definitely had some shit going on down there and she knew it she was trying to get something out of that and she knew what she was doing i think my i've heard too close by next yeah for sure so 
Um, Billy waits for Pam the next day, and she says she wanted to see him because she mentioned his um, neighbor. He mentioned that his neighbor develops, develops photos, stuff. and she needs help with that. And he's like, oh, you want me to get it done? She's like, yeah, and um, also, I need to know the truth while we're alone. Do you ever think about me when I'm not around? And yeah. he's like, yeah, oh I God. think about you all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about you. I don't know what to do. I don't know. What do you think about me when I'm not around seems so uncomfortable to me. This uh, well, see, I think she knew that what she was getting into. I think she knew that what that he was definitely into her and I think this is her way of kind of validating it for herself, you know, yeah. like kind of being like, let me make sure that this isn't fucking, you know, just me going crazy in my head. Let me make sure this fucking 15-year-old is manipulated so that I could take advantage of him. I was such a dumbass, though. Like, if an adult asked me that when I was I'd his like, age, no. I'd be like, think about you. I'd be like, I mean, I don't know. Like, when I'm, I know I'm coming here, like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to go to Pam's class. I just think like, it's, I just think the writing is what it was. You know, like, it's just like they didn't know how to, like, because this is the scene where they kind of profess their love for each other. Really. I know. I mean, also, this just might be how people talk, and I'm naive. But Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The next day, they're working on their video again. The girls are free tomorrow after church so they ride off together on one of their mopeds billy and pam go inside to work on setups and he says that his mom's downstairs why the teacher's upstairs alone in the room when the mom's downstairs i don't know yeah this is the turning point scene for me this is everything like what the fuck is happening and how the hell do i get out of this this is when it started to go off the rails so he's like I had the pictures you asked me to develop. And she's like, did you look at them? And he says, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. And she's like, did you like them? What do you think they are? They're pictures of her in a bra and leggings. That her friend took. Yeah, yeah. for her modeling portfolio. Yeah, and <laughs> she's on like a hotel bed. You'll notice that the room has two fucking beds in it. Definitely a hotel. Um, and I would say by 80s standards, she's what they would call half naked because she had a bra on and it looked like some sort of like, like maybe like, uh, what do you call it? Pantyhose and like, panties. they were like leggings with like, a, she had a thong underneath it though. Okay. And then, but then like she, we only saw the thong cause she like pulls down the leggings. I mean, they were risque photos for no, sure. Yeah, teased hair, everything. This they is were the sexual of in nature. Yeah. But at best they were softcore porn. So like, it is easy to argue that maybe these weren't the most sexual pictures, but uh, <laughs> they wouldn't be in 17 magazine, but they might've been if she was Britney Spears. They would be in Teen Vogue today, but not back then. Sure. I love this, though. You're right. So she never mentions friends at any point during this, except to say that Becky took these pictures. Do you think Becky was Greg? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking about this. too. I was like, maybe like she set up a self timer because the only thing I could think of is maybe they took these (laughs) pictures. This bitch can't possibly have a friend. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking maybe they took these her and Greg when they went to Boston. That's what I'm thinking, too. But at the same time, like, why? For what reason? Greg is Just getting to married spice to her. It up. I to guess spice it is that up. what some I mean, boudoir they photos. definitely needed like something else in their relationship because like <laughs> Pam's like here, take pictures of me, and Greg's like okay, right? Yeah, like this could have done very differently for her if she had introduced Billy to the bedroom. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. she and Greg. Could go down on that pedophilia. I just don't even fucking know what to say about this. Like, so, I, this would be the point where I would fucking call the police if I was 15. Absolutely. This is where you at least, like, notify an adult. Uh, but then get into the next part. What does she tell him to fucking do with these pictures? So she's like, you can keep your favorite one if you want. And they sit down on the bed and he starts going through it. And he's like, I like this one. 
Um, and so they lean in for a kiss. They start making out on the bed. And then we cut to a scene, a very brief scene of Greg, which they almost never do in Lifetime where they give like a character besides the main character a whole different setup. This is like another day of shooting. But Greg is playing with his niece while the family's hanging out. And um, he tells Pam later on, he's like, hey, I wish you saw Ashley today. Um, you know, I hope that we're she's so beautiful. She's so big. Like, she's so great. Right. I hope that we're this lucky when the time comes. But she's being really cold. She's not. Yo, she's not thinking she, about having a child with this no, man. No, she's completely emotionally absent at this point. And once again, like you said, this scene, it starts off with just fucking showing Greg's this amazing, happy family man, and Pam's this cold-hearted bitch, basically. Yeah, we go from her making out with a teenager to him being a family man. So I guess they both like kids in different ways. Exactly. They both they share a mutual love of kids, for sure. 3449 to 3615. Damn, is there maybe a problem here that I'm not aware of? I'm just tired. Let's not make a big issue out of it, okay? No. No, as a matter of fact, it's not okay. Maybe it is about time we started making an issue out of this. I mean, you don't want to start having kids for a while or until your career gets off the ground, that's fine. But does that mean we're putting off sex until you're, what, hosting Good Morning America? Where the hell are you going? To get myself a beer. It's called oral gratification. So called getting a beer gut. What? Nothing. No. What's that supposed to mean? Pam? Why did you marry Greg Smart? Because I loved him. And I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him. Would you speak up? I couldn't hear the last part of what you said. I said I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him. What was it about him you loved? He was a very kind, gentle person. It was a lot of fun to be around. Was the marriage happy? Yes, extremely happy. Okay. I mean, first of all, I will say that, like, kisses in these movies are so loud, and I tried my best to, like, get the like the clip up to the... It's so <laughs> loud. And for yeah. some reason, I always think of Helen Hunt as being a very loud kisser. I feel like she gives off a loud kissing vibe. Um, it's a lot. Probably, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she just sucks at it. And it's to make up for like trying to make the guy like actually feel like he's being kissed by giving him the sound effects. Yeah. So she and Billy um, are making out to heavy metal music in the Halo Mobile. Then we see a family compiling out of a trailer with bags of stuff. Yeah. This is, I think, a nod to the fact that um, all of fucking Billy's friends, white trash trailer park people. Yeah, and also probably it's most likely that the, she was able to get kids to kill for on her behalf that needed the money. Right, they're like poor kids, possibly uneducated, you know, based on the context that they're fucking living in. For sure, you know or mean? like yeah. go, going to be uneducated, you know what I mean? These right. are high school kids that don't really have a bright horizon. What if and I, I, I think just that's say true it? with Billy, too, is that like he doesn't have like you know, probably with the most, like, solid family unit in place, oh, bad yeah. relationship no with his way. mother or whatever. No like, way. there's not a lot of hope there when you're in that position as a kid, and especially if people aren't constantly... He is going to project self-esteem. Yeah, exactly. But it's not, exactly, it's not yeah. hitting right. But, I mean, I, I definitely... You could definitely tell this is kind of his safe place with his fucking friends because, you know, you got you got good vibes in there. They got some bread out. They're making sandwiches. They're drinking some, drinking some pop. 
Is, yeah. Is it called pop in New Hampshire? No, it's called soda. Okay, so they're drinking soda. Or tonic. Okay, oh, hey, man. Drinking some, some grape tonic. Yeah, some tonic. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Having a good time, you know, doing their fucking thing, man. That's, yeah. Ew, tonic. You're right. Um, This family that lives in this trailer, like, it is interesting, though, because for whatever moral or lack of moral high ground that they were supposed to be portrayed for having because of their financial circumstance, if it wasn't for them later on, the mystery of who killed Greg Smart would have gone on for a lot longer. Yeah, well, I, yeah, no doubt. I definitely think it could have gone on for a lot longer if it wasn't for these kids and their loud mouths and shit. But um, and the dad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The dad did come in, which that's honestly not- took a lot of balls, and we'll talk about that later, I guess. Oh. But like, that took. A- Honestly, I don't think I would have done that. What Coming that with my took fucking is what weapon. I knew my mom would have absolutely done to me if I ever killed someone. My mom would turn my ass in in a <laughs> fucking second. She and yeah. she told me that when I was a kid. Yeah, she was like, "If you ever break the law, like oh, I will sure. turn." I don't you know about in. my mom, but my dad would definitely turn me in. One hundred percent. Yeah. So basically, Billy's telling uh, JR, his friend, that they are going to go away for the weekend. Greg Smart's going away for the weekend. So he's going to be shacking up with Pam. He needs JR to be his cover. Mm -hmm. And if his mom calls at any point, to call him and say, you know, and he'll call from Pam's house. Yeah. So basically, his boy's like, yo, like, are you fucking the teacher or what and he was like i hope so this weekend Mm -hmm. but well i don't know um and he's basically like cecilia's coming because pam doesn't want it to look funny so it's just like cecilia this poor girl is right away being pit against i don't know the law against herself yeah she's definitely she's definitely the middleman here and it kind of sucks for her what teachers like you know what I want to get away with fucking you so let's involve another student. I just think they thought Cecilia was dumb and they could take advantage of her. You know, like oh here's this like girl who they're just like wants this poor homeless journalist. girl, right? Exactly. <laughs> like we'll give her some fucking bread crusts, like mm-hmm. and shit. But um, I'd like to point out too that uh, for those of you who don't watch it, um, Billy's wearing the same clothes in this scene as he was when he professes love to um to Pam and he's also going to be wearing the same clothes in the next scene and the next day so that just goes to show he probably doesn't have a lot of resources uh, doesn't bring a bag to at Pam's house at least the either. costume department doesn't you know well I just, yeah I was going to say that but hey man I give, I'm devil's advocate maybe you know I think that maybe they just want to point out that hey man Billy doesn't need a lot of clothes just yeah. needs a flannel and a blue t-shirt yeah and um, you know the interesting thing with Cecilia too that I didn't really know if they were ever trying to like directly imply this or not is that I don't like I think they picked someone who's like pretty enough to be in a movie but isn't like the hot high school girl they for definitely a did that on purpose because like this is the fucking you know this is the basic cliche girl you take advantage of like mm-hmm. the doff you know what I mean like that type of thing where it's just yeah. like oh you know you got this girl like it's everyone's best friend who like they take the fucking fall in every situation that's yeah. who this girl was fucking designed by God to play in movies <laughs> Is what I, I think that's what God point. intended. That's for exactly sure. right. When he's creating her, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make this girl passable. Yeah, it sucks, dude. <laughs> Pam, Billy, and Cecilia are sitting around downstairs. Poor Cecilia is sitting there on the couch oh watching God. this, like, I guess you could call it softcore porn. It's like women's it's, it's sort this, of it's pirouetting this lady and lingerie. basically like dancing around her fucking lingerie. Yeah, and it's hard to tell if that's like supposed to be a music video, but it seems like it's supposed to be a well, softcore porn. Smooth jazz going on, you know, like the Seinfeld intro type of shit. <laughs> Like that's yeah. Shit. yeah, no doubt. So. Um so she's sitting there and then like 
Pam and Billy are like fucking going at it. And I'm like, Pam, you've lost your mind. Yeah. The they, fuck yeah. are you doing? So they're like, upstairs at this point, right? Or they're, they're no. Couch. And then yeah, they're yeah. like, we're going upstairs. So Cecilia watches them walk upstairs. Disgusting. I'm assuming she doesn't have the remote either because she keeps the porn on. Yeah, she keeps it on. Yeah. And then the porn ends. And so she gets bored. She goes to the fridge. There's nothing there but a glass of wine or like a bottle of wine, which I think is yeah. interesting because like. She's not there to get fucked up. The only thing that's happening that weekend is that Billy's fucking this teacher. That's exactly right. Because if I was Cecilia, I'd be like, well, I mean, I guess my teacher's fucking this other student. I'm probably going to get drunk off of her liquor. Here's the thing. I will say that I have been the friend who has another homie who's trying to fuck, and I go with him to break the ice, you know, because it's a new relationship. And I have ended up sitting on a fucking couch while two of my friends are fucking upstairs. (laughs) However... This is a fucking teacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, so uncomfortable. I had the ability to fucking turn the TV on, change the channel, do whatever I want, turn the volume on so I didn't hear any sound effects. Cecilia, they give her no explanation. You know, they're just like, hey, like. This gonna- is like before cell phones. Like, imagine just back in oh the day, like when I would God. babysit at houses, there was no phone, there was nothing to do. Like, if maybe I was lucky, the family would have a computer and I could use internet. Or, but like, like, there's no fucking magazines or anything. You just kind of sit there. Yeah, you're fucked. It's, yeah, it's- you have nothing to do. So basically, Cecilia goes upstairs and she knocks on the door and <laughs> yeah. she goes, I hope you guys are finished because I'm really bored. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Stupid. No response. No. They were like, hold on, don't come in. So, so then she says- opens the door, looks in the bedroom, like, clocks it we don't see it but she clocks that something's happening yeah and then she closes the door and, and walks it's out it's crazy because i don't know what the fuck she was expecting to see but she had a look of shock on her face it like, also just goes to show how brazen they were because yeah. like neither one of them were like shut the fucking door like yeah. they just kept they going at fuck. it yeah. i think it was i think it Maybe was they couldn't hear because all the van halen hair there, that could be that for right. sure but i also wonder if they made her see it so that they could prove that they had a sexual relationship like in this movie Maybe. like if this like we had to see cecilia seeing it so that we could because this is also foreshadowing too because it also could just be a giant he said she said if no one saw them having sex how right. are we supposed to believe they were really having right. sex so now we know that they fuck. is it illegal for like an adult to kiss a minor I think it's any sort of contact that could be considered sexual. Sexual, okay. There's illegal. that. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, because technically, like, rape isn't always necessarily, like, penetration. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's no. other things, too. Like, yeah. sexual harassment can be considered shit, but yeah. Okay. So, Pam drops off Billy at his house the next day, 4114 to 4411. Was that not your first time? No. Well, I'm no virgin either, but it was like, um, magical. Me too. Really? Why? I don't know. You. What? What? I was. <laughs> Everything a woman's supposed to be. Billy. Pam, what's wrong? Just, um, I'm so happy with you. All I want is you. (laughs) Me too, Pam. All I want is you. But I don't think we can do this again. What? 
because Greg goes away like that very, very rarely. And I'd want to be with you all the time. Why don't you just divorce him, Pam? And we could be together forever. I would. I would in a minute. But he'd take everything. It's all in his name. The, the car, the house. And he can be mean, Billy. If I left him, he'd go mad. He'd get revenge. He'd take the dog. He might even try to hurt me. What do you mean? Sometimes he gets drunk and he yells and screams and throws things. He tried to hit me once. Damn it. You, you gotta get yourself out of there. I would. If I could, I would. But I can't. someone what do you mean Greg do you know anyone who would kill Greg it's the only way we can be together it's the only way so this is wow. So this is a lot. It's so, a lot to digest. Yeah. One thing that jumps out to me in this scene for sure is that she says um, essentially that he tried to hit her once, which is going to change throughout this because once already mm-hmm. he did hit I her. I did note that too. And then now she says he hit her. He tried to hit her once. Right. And then later on in the movie, she's going to make it seem like she was routinely beaten by him. Exactly. And that it's going to be like her coming in with a black eye soon if someone doesn't stop Greg. That was definitely my biggest note, too. And it's it's the fact that, and I mentioned this, I think at this point, she got what she wanted from Billy. You know, Mm -hmm. they fucked. Maybe she didn't enjoy it. Maybe she realized she had to fucking get herself out of this in some way. Maybe she thought, if I get this kid to fucking kill my husband, he'll go to jail. No one will believe his shit. You know what I mean? There's a lot to digest here. But from this point on, it's totally... This fucking woman has no, like, empathy, just total sociopathic behavior. Like, What day do you think that Pam Smart knew that she could get him to do this? Do you think it was the night that they she dropped him off and he was playing air guitar? Do you think it was the time that when she, you know, when he came in the office and confessed his crush? Like, I don't think she knew. I don't think she was completely confident that he would do it until she saw Greg dead. Because... You'll learn in a fucking couple minutes and like throughout the rest of the movie that there's so many different times where he's like, oh my God, well, this happened, this happened. So she's probably thinking like, oh, this fucking kid, you know what I mean? Like he's either going to do it or he's just going to fucking annoy me for the rest of my life. (laughs) So yeah, man, like I'm not sure that she really knew at any point. I just think that she thought that if anybody would kill him, it would be fucking Billy. Yeah, so we're going to pick up with more of that in a second. We do find out that Greg Smart and his dad have won Rookie of the Year. They yes. won the award for Salesman the most sales. The year, He's yeah. killing it. I think we should wrap up part one right here. And then let's come back in on part two when we find Pam and Billy are still making out. 
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.